Hi there. Welcome to The Preventable, the podcast giving you a seat at the table with conversations about the intersection of alcohol, drugs, and mental health in everyday lives. Take a seat and join us. Welcome to The Preventable. With me today is a friend of mine, Von Trees McDowell. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So I said friend, but that's a short title. There's a million other things I could have added in there, right? I could have added in social worker, uh, community engagement um, worker. That's not right. But <laughs> community engagement person for over 15 years, mom, um, uh, adjunct professor. Like there's a lot of titles that I, that I could have thrown in. Um, and any one of those titles I could have thrown at you because they're they're why you're here but the reason that I invited you to Mm -hmm. be on the podcast is because I think you challenge people Mm -hmm. and systems but you also challenge me okay and that I mean that as a compliment because you're always asking questions like Mm -hmm. why Mm -hmm. have you always asked why to what end? Like, were you always one of those pesky kids that people were like, Montrese <laughs> is so inquisitive? Like, um, I don't remember being that type of child. Um, yeah, I don't remember being that type of child. I do remember asking that question internally. I think mm. most recently I've grown comfortable with my voice and confident enough to ask it out loud. How did that come to be? Was that through schooling? Is that, or I mean, is, are you just kind of like, f- forget it. I'm just going in and doing my own thing. I think it came with hmm, probably maturity yeah, and observing and watching and recognizing that people aren't smarter than me mm. um, and that sometimes Folks like to present themselves as if they know everything and know the answer and that it's not a sign of weakness to be like, I don't know, but hey, who does? Um, Where can I find the answer or why is this happening? Um, I think it took some time to watch people and observe and you could tell, can I curse? Sure. You could tell. (laughs) We'll just put it in. You could tell when people are BSing. That's what I would say. Um, And I think growing comfortable with the fact that, you know, you're not the only person that don't know the answer, Von Other folks don't know. Um, It doesn't make you any less smart. And if you really want to find a solution, then you're going to have to ask out loud and not keep the questions inside um, and not pretend like you know something that you don't. Yeah, you are a person who, when I've sat across from you in meetings, you are pretty silent, Am I? Yes, but yeah. you're like observing. Yeah. You pay really close attention to body language. Absolutely. And in my opinion, you can tell when people are bluffing. Mm-hmm. And then you try to find, I'll say, a diplomatic way mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. calling them on their bluff. Mm-hmm. The whole calling in. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I would say that I'm watching people even when I'm loud. So, Describing me as quiet, I think, is not what anybody around me... Yeah, I know. I don't think you Um, thought I was going to say that. No. But even when I'm in a space and I'm a naturally loud person, I'm the oldest of six, I come from a huge family, and we're just loud people. 
Um, but even when I'm in a space and I'm very outgoing and I'm loud and I'm engaging, I'm watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm watching across the room. Um, I'm watching how you've received me and how I'm showing up. And I'm big on observing body language and the nonverbals because I think they say a lot. And I just, I've always known that I've done it, but I think most recently I've really had to lean into it even more. And I think it's because of Zoom. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So that when you are working Mm -hmm. in your professional life or when you're teaching, Mm -hmm. you really have to lean in and pay attention. attention I'm looking at the eyes, um, just everything on Zoom. Um, Yeah, I'm really observant. And when folks don't have on their camera, what's that mean? Mm. You know, what's going on or what's happening and are you engaged? So I think this COVID era has uh, probably made me a lot more observant. Um, yeah. So one of so we had the opportunity to sit on a a, a steering board together. Mm-hmm. And I would say that it is not an exaggeration to say that I did a lot of learning mm-hmm. on that board. Mm-hmm being around people from community, Mm -hmm. understanding or at least trying to understand what it means to really listen Mm -hmm. to community Mm -hmm. and elevate lived experience. And also um, learning where my privilege is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as a white woman, Mm -hmm. as a white woman that's running a pretty large organization Mm -hmm. um, and not kind of bucking against Mm -hmm. that word Mm -hmm. and really understanding Mm -hmm. the privilege that I hold. And I think that for a lot of people, a lot of white people, their journey began kind of in 2020. Mm -hmm. And you started pushing me earlier than that. Mm -hmm whether or not you even really knew it. Right. Like, I'm just thinking of some of the conversations that we had had where you were like, hmm, Nicole, <laughs> like, do you know that that's how what you said just came across? Mm-hmm. Or do you know? I did that? Yes. But but that's okay. <laughs> no. I still, I, I, I like you for it. You know, I think you ask the bigger questions of, why and how mm-hmm. and what does this mean yeah and so you have helped me sort of figure out how i want to show up okay and not just show up like be a placeholder right right but actually do the work mm-hmm. it, how does that feel when i say that um it's not surprising because of our relationship, and I know the conversations that we've had. Um, I would say that it wasn't necessarily my intention because I was reaching out to you and leaning on you because you're a white woman. Totally. Right? We're going to be 100. I, I right? get it. And I would say that all the time. I know. Like, yo, I need your white woman uh, perspective. <laughs> yes. Because I'm about to slap the hip. No. <laughs> like, please tell me, am I tripping? I like, know. What does I- this mean? Um, because it shouldn't be this way, mm-hmm. but it is mm-hmm. that there are dynamics yeah. 
in the world that are contingent upon race, right? So you would come to me and say, like, I need you, your perspective as a white woman, Mm -hmm. just like I would come to you and say, I need your perspective as a black woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't be that way, Mm -hmm. but it is. And I would tell you, I'm okay with that. So I it's want been very to, helpful for yeah, me. I want folks to. So I, we're not a monolith, right? No, of we, course we not. We get it. We're all different and have different perspectives. Um, but I, I consider myself an authentic person who um, just moves and operates in integrity, and I like to surround myself with people like that. And I think the fact that you would lean in at times and just say, hell, I don't know. I don't know. Or this is how I would have done it. Or, you know what, as a white woman, um, this is what I think. I appreciated that. And I think that's why we have the relationship that we have because you didn't shy away from those conversations or those questions. And I'm not going to shy away from the conversations or questions that you may ask me. I remember we had a conversation about shampoo. Do you remember that? We sure did. (laughs) In the hotel. <laughs> and I don't know if I was like, Matt, was I Matt? Or you asked me if they had because, my hair or something. Right. Okay. Because we went to this yeah. conference in yeah. Portland yeah. and they had really fancy shampoo. Yeah. But I, and, was, I may have been talking about how I'm not going to use that yes, on my hair or something. And I was like, like wow, did you smell that shampoo? And you're like, well, I can't use that. And I was like, <laughs> does that ever piss you off that they don't have shampoo that you can use? And so some people might, you know, roll their eyes and be like, why is this? person asking me about this damn shampoo but I feel like I think if I didn't know your heart mm-hmm. maybe that would have been my response um, but I knew that it was coming from a, a genuine place and perhaps you would have even gone to the hotel oh. and complained like I knew your heart and where it was coming from and I also think that if we are so uptight to the point where we can't learn from each other and we can't receive some of those questions then we're, we are going to continue to be divided you know but I'm okay with understanding that my journey as a black woman is different from your journey as a white woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, my experiences, my lived experiences are going to be different. Hell, my lived experiences are different from black men, you know, young black boys, you know. As, but if we don't talk, if we're not in relationship and we don't have conversation and we don't share those experiences or we get pissed off by a question um, then we're never going to learn from each other. Mm-hmm. Now, and I think that, you know, you talked about me being observant. I think I'm also in tune with knowing when somebody, like you said, is bullshitting me and somebody's trying to um, be condescending and they don't truly actually care about whether or not the shampoo. Oh, yeah. You um, have a very so, sensitive yeah. BS meter. Like, you know. <laughs> That's making me think of uh, Dr. LJ Punch told me a few months ago, and I'll never forget it. And I did take this as a compliment. Um, He says that you have a GPS for navigating bullshit. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Thank you. That's such a good. I I was like, oh, man. Um, And and that that meant a lot to me because oftentimes I sit on meetings and I'm a part of initiatives or at tables, and I don't necessarily know exactly what it is that I bring because mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a doctor. And I'm like, I don't know what skill set I'm bringing. But one thing that I do know that I'm starting to lean into, and again, maybe it's because every a lot of stuff has been happening over Zoom, mm. is uh, getting clarity and understanding purpose. Um, what are we trying to accomplish? And so I think that's probably what... Uh, 
he was alluding to when he talked about GPS. But I think that that is probably, I've probably strengthened that because of the past two years I've had to do community work over Zoom. So um, how do you, I mean, you're a mom mm-hmm. and you have lots of different ages and you have some step kiddos mm-hmm. and some biological mm-hmm. kiddos. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you are intentional about teaching the skills that you have mm-hmm. about kind of stirring the pot but uh-huh. not so much mm-hmm. that you blow things up right, right right i mean you're stirring the pot and asking the big questions mm-hmm. you are intentional about the relationships that you develop mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you are asking the questions like but why mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're really looking to sort of not sort of you mm-hmm. are in my mind you're looking to blow up the structural mm-hmm. racism that mm-hmm. exists mm-hmm. in st louis mm-hmm. In a very strategic way. In a very Mm -hmm. strategic way, not Mm -hmm. in a let me put a bomb in this Mm -hmm. and just blow it up and we'll start over. But somebody might need to do that. But but that's not my If that's what the strategy calls for, (laughs) sure. Exactly. So how are you and and are you intentional about teaching your kids some of these same Mm -hmm. um, tactics, Mm -hmm. characteristics? Because there Mm -hmm. is an intentionality Mm -hmm. about what you do. Mm -hmm. I haven't directly had to do that just yet, but I think, um, so one of the things that my husband and I have leaned into is trying to make sure we'll have family secrets because from my previous work, what we do know is what, um, generational trauma, Mm -hmm. historical trauma, um, what it can do to our children and what it has done to us, Hmm. um, as adults and people trying to be parents now. And so I hope that my children, oh my God, I'm such a crybaby. So I hope that my children have observed how mom and dad are navigating things that could potentially be um, generational traumas mm, for them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we refuse to let that be so. And so I'm, I have not had to teach them to use those strategies um, yet that you were speaking of. But I hope that they're learning by watching mommy and daddy mm-hmm. use them. And I do uh, work with my husband a lot on them because of the work that he does. He has to navigate a lot of different worlds. Um, and sometimes we have to step back and say, we're not going to blow this up, but how can we be strategic? And so, yeah, to answer your question. So they're learning by watching I hope so. what mom and dad are doing. I hope so. Because I don't want to put stuff on them, um, especially my, my eight-year-old. He's just so free. Mm. Um, and he's a young black boy. So I know what I need to teach him. And I'm not ready yet. Mm. And so right now, let me fight your fight so that, hey, maybe I don't even have to teach you that shit. You know what I'm saying? Right. But right now, let me fight those fights. Let mommy and daddy fight them strategically. Um, let you be free. Let be you a be kid. free and be a child. Absolutely. I don't want to rob them of their childhood. But the older ones, they're old enough to know that there are some things that are going on and mommy and daddy have talked to them about it. And I hope that they can see how we've handled them and uh, to better understand how to be strategic. And that you have to, what my pastor would say and also my therapist, is sometimes you just have to sit still. Mm. Because a decision that you make not only impacts you, but it impacts everyone around you. And so I had to learn that those are signs of weakness, right? but those, that's strategic. And that take a badass person to... So I, I use those uh, strategic moves not just at work, but also in my personal life, and hopefully my babies understand that. So. Do you think things are getting better 
And by things, black people. Sure, I'm gonna let you. So the way, so the way that you answered my question. Sure, yeah, things are great for me, Vaughn. I mean, do I was gonna ask? Do you think things are getting better in the fact that we're sort of addressing some of the elephants in the room, or is it for better for who? Yeah. I that's mean, the question we ask. That's right, the question. Loud. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. So your answer tells me you don't necessarily think uh, it's getting better. So I think we're at a place now, and I talk about this all the time, about how now we're talking about racial equity. We're talking about historical trauma. We're talking about healing, which when I think about my people, black people, um, that is just as important as addressing the structural racism that has caused um, the hurt and harm and trauma. Sure. Like, how do we begin to heal through this shit, right? You and I were in a meeting where somebody brought up reparations. Do you remember that? And it was crickets. But the fact that somebody brought it up, we were like, yes. And what can reparations look like, right? Right. And then now you have, you know, my institution that I graduated from, before meetings, they they recognizing the land that they own. Like, where the hell that happened? Like, I was like, okay. So that's great. I yeah. don't want to call it cute because that I don't want to belittle it or anything. Right. But I think it's great that we're learning the terminology, we're understanding what it means, and people know how to use it. But when is the real work going to happen? You know, and I'm not, and there, there are organizations and there are people out there that have been doing the real work for a long time. Right. And they are doing it. But I think um, we have to be careful and not be blinded by the terminology, mm. which sounds sexy. And when somebody's up there talking about, uh, what is the term that we use when they look woke and they sound woke? For me, my BS meter tells me that those are usually folks that aren't doing the work. That's mm. just me. That's my eye voice. If you're talking too much about it, I need to see your resume. What are you actually doing? Hmm. And then I will also say, too, sometimes it takes the the folks that need to talk about it as well um, as it takes the people that need to actually do it. But when you ask me if it's getting better, it's getting to the point where folks cannot not talk about it. But I don't want us to get stuck in the talking and not doing um, we say that at Prevent Ed, like we're we're trying to not make it so academic. Yeah, absolutely. Right, where we're studying generational trauma, mm-hmm. or we're studying, you know, the incidences of overdoses amongst Black men. We don't want to study it as a data right. point. Absolutely. We need to figure out, like, we need to understand Mm -hmm. as much as possible and we can do that by elevating lived experience Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. also by recognizing that each data point actually represents a mother a son a brother a cousin etc yeah because it's easy to hide behind academia yeah and that i don't know i think i was on a call with you there was a um oh man i was on some breakout call over zoom um, and I think it was the Regional Health Commission that was hosting it, which I thought was a uh, really dope conversation. It might have been the Community Advisory Board. And they were talking about uh, the overdose. And I don't have all the language because mm-hmm. I, I hear the language is evolving. And it is. Too. It is but evolving. <laughs> yes. That um, in St. Louis, more black men um, between a certain age are dying at at higher rate of drug overdose than gun violence. That is correct. And I don't know if I'm saying it right. And when I heard that, I was like, whoa. Like, no one's saying that. Mm-hmm. No one's talking about that. Mm-hmm. 
No one's talking about that. Now, the people that are living it, um, just like, you know, when building this awareness of trauma, you're living it and you sometimes think it's just you. But what would happen if my community knew that fact, right? And then the question is, what are folks who work in that space, what are they asking? You know, not just how to... So if you're asking how to prevent the overdose or whatnot, are you going even deeper and asking why am I even using, right? And why at the core of every freaking issue, the it, high, it's, it's, it's all, the disparity is always black, right. folk, specifically right. young black men. And that's something that I strive to help my students understand. Um, you cannot get away from racial equity. You cannot escape race. You cannot escape racism. And if you look at the numbers, you'll see why. And um, that's why when they, uh, when they come with very uh, basic research and basic responses <laughs> to assignments, um, I can tell. You get heated. I, I get heated, and I'm very disappointed, especially when you're a future, future social worker and you're going to be going in the world. If you stay in this region, you're probably going to be working with people that look like me, and you're going to be perpetuating harm. Um, so, yeah. That's why you ask those deep questions. Yeah, and I mean they don't seem deep to me, but they I don't have to put myself in their shoes right. because when I was a student, my professors would share this stuff and it'd blow my mind. I'd be like, whoa, like what? You know, because no matter what, I think black, white doesn't matter. You're when you're young, you're always in a space of naivety. You know, they just mm-hmm. you're free. You want to chill. You want to get this degree and go. You know, um, so I think. That's probably why I pushed them and asked the tough questions um, because I had instructors do that to me, and those are the instructors that changed my life, not the ones that gave me the 30-page papers. Right. It just stressed me out for a moment. <laughs> but the ones that really, like, asked those deep questions and shared their real experience from practice and being in the field and told us how history just repeats itself, like, yo. So it's, I just started looking at uh, things a little differently. I could honestly talk to you all day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful for you coming on here, sharing your kind of an, a peek inside of your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you do have a very good BS meter, a very good GPS <laughs> for BS. And um, I am just very appreciative mm-hmm. for all that you're doing for our region mm-hmm. um, through your teaching and through your work and mm-hmm. through your stirring the pot and thank you for the work that you've helped me do and are helping me for helping me and i didn't even know i was helping you (laughs) (laughs) anytime you need a white woman's opinion (laughs) you know you you know where to find me i'm glad that i was able to help i love you i love you too if you want more with vontrice if you liked what you heard please consider rating reviewing and subscribing thank you very much Thanks for joining us at The Preventable, brought to you ad-free by PreventEd. PreventEd works to reduce or prevent the harms of alcohol and other drug use through education, intervention, and advocacy. Please visit their website at prevented.org. Like what you heard? Rate, review, and subscribe to stay up to date with what we are serving on The Preventable.